Only feet. <laughs> Only fans. You guys don't get to see it for that. You have to pay for that. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm Amanda. I'm Adeline. Welcome to Life with Purpose podcast. Today we're going to be talking about feet. I mean, <laughs> uh, friendships. Today we're talking about friendships. My poor dying plants. This is really bad. This is one of my two friends. <laughs> this is one of your two friends. It's my plant. I haven't named it yet. Frederick. Gregory. <laughs> Those names have the same energy. <laughs> Those do give off the same energy. Mm. Did you know in uh, France, apparently, like, people really hate um, people with the name Kevin. I hate people with the name Kevin, and I live in America. I learned that on Twitter today. And in France, if you're a Kevin, sorry, <laughs> you suck. I wish Josh would call me Amanda, but he pretty much has, he's like, I will literally never call you Amanda. He's like, I met you as Mandy. You are Mandy to me. And, uh, okay, here's a here's a funny anecdote about me. I never introduced myself to people as Mandy. I don't know if you noticed that, but when we met, I told you my name was Amanda. But what keeps happening is that all, like, with my large friend group, someone, like, they'll introduce me to some, like, oh, this is, this is Sarah. And then I'll be like, hi, Sarah, I'm Amanda. And then that person will hear all of my friends call me Mandy. And so instead of memorizing my name as Amanda, they memorize it as Mandy. Um, when I first met you, our, your friend who I know, they introduced you as Amanda. And then when I proceeded to write your name down on certain pieces of paperwork for work, they actually came up to me and were like, I actually think that she prefers to go by Mandy. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, which I was under the impression that you did too, but the more you know. Um, so I think like I started going by, I was always Amanda, but then growing up, Amanda's were very popular. And then so in college, I wanted to like redefine myself like or like find myself as like an individual. And so I started going by Mandy but then now that I'm like older and like more secure than I was then, which is ironic because I'm really an insecure person. <laughs> now that I'm more secure in who I am, I I actually prefer Amanda. But I keep I will introduce myself as Amanda and then new people will hear everyone else call me Mandy. So then they call me Mandy and I don't care enough to correct them. I feel like I have a similar experience with that. But growing up, I was I've always known by Addie. Then I never really changed that. But recently, I've been feeling a lot like I wanted to go by Adeline. And the reason why I didn't want to go by Adeline when I was younger was because I didn't know anyone with that name. And I wanted, I felt like I wanted to fit in and I wanted to, I didn't want to be unique. Hmm. So I went against... I just chose not to to go by that name, and now I regret it because I know plenty of Addies, and not very. Many I feel like I'm a lot more unique than that. <laughs> you know, and professionally, like at my full time job, I started going by Amanda because I noticed that male clients, especially, wouldn't take me as seriously wow. when I was a Mandy 
But when I started saying my name was Amanda, for whatever reason, that was more professional to them. It so. commands a different type of energy. I think it's also because Mandy is one of those names that you can spell with a Y or an IE. And if you spell it with an IE, you are for sure a stripper. <laughs> Am I wrong? The first type of friend. Mandy with an IE. She's Mandy with an IE. She's a stripper. <laughs> yeah, so all my friends call me Mandy, but little do they know. That's actually not what I prefer. I'm just too lazy to correct them. Do you want me to call you Amanda? I guess you're on the podcast as Amanda. I'm on the podcast as Amanda. My mind is blown. <laughs> I literally say, I'm Amanda. And you're like, hey, Mandy, what's up? <laughs> Excerpts from our boundaries episode coming to you through the friendships episode. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about friendships, though. I mean, we just talked about our relationship with other people a little bit through our names. I feel like that's something really personal and something we might be able to do a full episode on in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think, although a really rough segue, let's segue into the relationships that we have. Okay. Um, okay, so you and I have been doing a lot of talking outside of the podcast. Shocking fact, Adeline and I are friends outside of these four walls. <gasps> Recently, we went on vacation together. We had a great time. If you'd like to see clips from that, I'm posting like a mini vlog on YouTube from our tubing adventure mm-hmm. where Adeline made me be brave and go down the hill face first. We also went off of a jump. And Mandy, I laid it on my ankle. <laughs> yeah, it was not happy for several days and with lots of colors. So I actually, <laughs> I went home and I looked in the mirror and I had a line of bruises up my lower back. So when I said that I felt like I bruised it, it was purple. Yikes. Yeah. It's a lot of fun though. It's nice to get out of oh town. Oh my gosh, the fresh air was awesome. And I feel like it. it's great to have a friend that... I can travel with and I feel comfortable spending mm-hmm. time with and especially like overnights. I feel like there's so, there's only such so a, much you there's can such like, Yeah. There's like such a vulnerability with like mm-hmm. staying the night somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With some people, it's like, they're not the kind of people that you want to go on trips with. You want right. to have that vulnerability and that weird sort of intimacy and that extended time. Mm-hmm. Some people you just get tired of very quickly and I feel like personally, for me, most people, I have a tap out limit that is well before that. So I'm glad to have found a friend that I can go do things like that with and have a really great time. Yeah. And we've done this. Have have we done this twice? twice? We went on a chaotic camping adventure. We did go camping. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, so far we know we can spend, so far we hit, we can spend three days together. Mm -hmm. We've hit three days. (laughs) <laughs> it's a mo- it's a it's a monumental what's the word I was so like, next time mom. we go somewhere let's try for four days <laughs> see how we feel after four days <laughs> every time we go next trip- episode will we hate each other we'll find out <laughs> how how many days can we go before we absolutely get on each other's nerves um how, and- no the real question is how many days can we go before we go in the bathroom and go okay we're going here tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever done that I have, but it was mostly when I was younger and had less strong boundaries about who I would surround myself with. Definitely. Well, so anyway, so while while we were on this trip, you and I have like a lot of really good introspective discussions Mm -hmm. 
And I always feel like, like when we are in the car, I always feel like I should be recording because it's such good content. Mm -hmm. That's how the idea for us starting a podcast actually started. You heard it here first. Do you remember on our drive back from Denver, or maybe it was to Denver, where one of us offhandedly was like, man, the stuff we talk about, we should start a podcast. We were doing the photo shoot at the cemetery, right? Uh Yeah. And it was, we had an hour long drive back from Denver. And we were like, this would make a good podcast. And here we are. This yeah. is episode seven, I think. Sounds yeah. About right. I'm so excited. I know. Well, and so a lot of the things that we talk about, I typically, I feel like I as a person tend to be more anxious, more insecure. I, I struggle really badly with things like interpersonal relationships and boundaries and that sort of thing. And you have somehow, you have like a firm grasp on what your boundaries are. And you've done like a lot of teaching for me to figure out what those boundaries are. And I think sometimes I'll I'll go through a situation and I'll explain it to you. And I went through this situation with this person and it really bothered me in these ways. And a lot of times I, I walk away wondering why these people are my friends because you'll you'll give your perspective and then you'll be like why are you friends with someone who treats you that way yeah I mean why would you want to surround yourself with people that don't make you feel good I mean life is so short and it's already hard enough that I feel like if you don't place things intentionally in your life that bring you joy and happiness and growth and you know with that if you don't remove the things that I mean, if you, if you leave spending time with someone and you feel shitty, I, I, that happens sometimes. And, you know, that's the reality of ups and that's relationships with people, you know? Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is if it is because of who they are, because of their character versus a spot they're in, that's what you really have to pay attention to. And when I yeah. noticed that I would walk away feeling crappy because of someone's character because of just who the, who they were I noticed that if you walk away from someone feeling badly and it's because of who they are and it's because of who they are and it's not a malicious way some people are just not your cup of tea and that's okay but I usually give it one or two chances before I ask myself it doesn't matter how much I like this person it doesn't matter how much History, it doesn't really matter anything other than that. They never fill my cup back up, but they always take. Mm -hmm. And that's not a sustainable way to live. And ultimately, I really had to confront where I needed to divert my energy. And that's when I started to address my friendships and my boundaries with people. There's, There's a thing that you have to evaluate with the people in your life. Because we, I feel like our parents and their parents place value on quantity over quality. And really those generations were the generations who didn't set boundaries, who it's like the like respect your elders. And now we're seeing millennials and Gen Z and so forth come in and say, when we go visit our relatives, I'm not going to force my kid to hug Aunt Ruth who gives purple lipstick kisses on your forehead if she doesn't want to that's uncomfortable like Mm -hmm. we're we're starting to see with our generation we're saying we're setting boundaries and if you make me uncomfortable I don't want you here but we're still having to break those habits because we were raised by the people who say 
you do have to give weird on Ruth because mm-hmm. and so it, I feel like it's a little harder for us that we're having to teach ourselves that it's okay for these relationships to also change. So for a long time, my mom, for example, she had a best friend and my older sister and her daughter really grew up together and we were raised as cousins and they were really, 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 really close. And we thought that this person would be in my mom's life forever and they just kind of like outgrew each other. And that was like the first time that we really had started to see that you can outgrow friends. And I think also we forget that just because you're no longer friends with someone doesn't mean that you can't still think about them dearly. I feel like a lot of times we're like, nope, they're out of our lives and I hate them and I want nothing to do with them. And that's not the case. So what I'm really having to learn is that friendships evolve and friendships change. There was someone who I was really close with for a while. And as time has gone on, we've grown apart. And for a long time, I was really slighted by that because this person is still friends, still fairly close friends with another one of my close friends. And so for a while, it was always the group of us and they've stayed close, but the two of us have not. That's hard. And it didn't feel good. And I felt very slighted by that. And I've had to really grow and say, you know, we've just, our lives have drifted and maybe they still have things in common that they can talk about. But as for this person and I, not as much. And I still root for them. I cheer them on silently. I see them on social media and they they seem to be really happy and I want that for them. Mm-hmm. But I stopped hoping and wishing and waiting that I would get phone calls from them that I was never going to get. I went through a similar thing. I was a little bit younger, but I had, I moved around a lot growing up and I made friends wherever I went. And for a while, for the first year after I had moved away from the particular friends that I'm talking about now, When I would go back and spend time with them, obviously a lot would have changed, but there would still be a substantial friendship there. And both of us were kind of doing things to reignite what we had as a friend group or as individual friends. And then I noticed a point where I started coming back to visit after two years. And it was like, I felt like I was the only one who cared, yet these people I had kept in touch with Mm -hmm. this whole time And I thought, well, if you're saying you want to hang out and we're always texting and always sending videos and always calling, why is it when I come into town that it seems like the last thing you want to do is hang out with me? But I just couldn't reconcile. I couldn't actually even get to that point. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even realize that they just didn't want to hang. And I started to realize that this was presenting itself in multiple friendships that I had moved away from and sort of come back to. It took me a few years to understand that these wonderful friendships that I had, we had grown apart and that was okay. And we were never going to grow back together. And there was never some sort of halfway point. I am the type of person that functions sort of out of sight, out of mind with friendships. We've talked about this mm-hmm. where we can be super close friends for a couple of weeks and then life just gets busy and I don't see you or we don't talk for a little while. But then the next time I see you, you know, it's as if we just, it's, we're right where we left off. Mm-hmm. That is how I function. But I realized after a certain point, after a certain amount of time, that there wasn't a friendship foundation to come back to. That was so hard for me to reconcile as someone who was really finding my sense of developing my sense of self-worth and finding a piece of my identity through my relationships with other people. 
I think too, we just, we never learned that you can have friendships in different capacities. When you're in primary school, you're around these people every day and you grow up with them and you think that you're going to stay close forever. And then now we live in a world where social media keeps, keeps you in touch easier than ever. And so you think that these these friendships stay the way that they're supposed to stay. And that's just not the case. And we've never just taught ourselves that it's okay for these relationships to change. Do you feel like that might have something to do with the way that society... Sometimes I think that the way that we view friendships ending is tied to the way that we as a society feel about death and loss and grief. Yes. So to put that into perspective, I have a friend and we grew up on the same block together. We met when we were four years old. Wow. (laughs) And our lives have gone in totally different directions. For a while, we went to the same school. I moved away. Somehow we ended up back at the same high school. Then I moved away like a second time. And we, we always have kind of gravitated back towards each other. And then with the help of social media, we have stayed in touch. If you took a picture of her and I put us together, you would never peg us as friends. And she is tattooed up, up and down both arms across all of her, like her chest. She, there's like no gentle way to say this. She is like a true Mexican woman. And I am a very, very white girl and she has four kids and she, so she's a mom and her life is kind of chaotic and she, our, our lives have just taken such different trajectories. And again, like I am this like very plain white girl. I spent my life traveling and going to college and like doing stuff like that. And if you just sat us in a room next to each other, people would never guess that we've known each other since we were four years old. And we don't talk every day, but we've always said that we were best friends. But I, there are times where I go six, seven, eight months without hearing from her. But, but if she calls me and I see her name on my phone, I answer and we almost always spend three and four hours on the phone together. And this is someone that I've I've been friends with now for 25 years. It's insane. But one thing that we've learned about our friendship is that it's different. We, we've been able to maintain this friendship because we understand that I'm not going to be able to go stay the night at her house every single Friday. And, you know, she has to go be a mom and I have to go live my life in a horrendous manner. <laughs> and that's just how it is now. So I think truly to point a successful relationship You have to understand that over time, your relationship can and will change. And if you can't adapt to that, that's okay. But also friendships don't have to end in a burning bridge. That's true. That's true. I think there's this, I think it's hard for us to come to terms with quote unquote, cutting people out of our lives when we as a society can't even confront loss. Mm -hmm. And That's for a whole different episode. Maybe we'll touch on, we'll definitely talk about society's relationship with death in our upcoming death episode. But on the topic of healthy relationships, not only is it important to understand that relationships can change and just to understand that dynamic there, that brings me, actually brings to mind the the Buddhist teaching that expectations create suffering. You'll set yourself up for failure if you don't have an accurate understanding of the reality of a friendship 
if you believe that someone has to come spend the night at your house every Friday night in order for them to be considered a good friend or for you guys to be considered close. Mm -hmm. I think we measure friendships in a way that isn't realistic. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. But on the note of having a healthy relationship with new friendships, I think it's so important to communicate accurate expectations. Otherwise, there's no, you're going to snuff out the friendship seed or however you want to call it before there's even any time for it to grow. Like, take our friendship, for instance. I know in the early stages of our friendship, we kind of talked about how I am the type of person to, I'm I'm just not a very connected friend over the internet. And if we don't talk for a week or two, literally nothing's changed. I've had friendships with people who are like, are you mad at me? We haven't talked in a while. I'm like, I have been, I haven't even thought of you and not in a condescending way. I just have a lot of stuff going on. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I thought we were fine. We're not fine. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of people that have higher expectations about what we owe to each other in our friendships. I think, yeah, I think that's really true. I think another thing too is that if we want our friendships to last and be meaningful, we have to also consistently evaluate ourselves. And that's something that a lot of people are unwilling to do. So you and I have done a really good job of setting boundaries with one another really early on because this is this is something I really, truly am like learning now as we go. Whereas it kind of seems like you have been practicing this for a while. Well, I have a friend, she is one of my bridesmaids actually. And I told her one time that she hurt my feelings like 10 years ago and I had never forgotten it. And we had this really long, meaningful conversation, but it, it made me change how I was as a friend. And Essentially, what had happened was I am one of those people. I we've decided that I was a really bad person in a past life because I am always surrounded by chaos. There's always a bridge burning, something on fire. Like there's just always something going wrong. And I would reach out to her and vent about all of these things going wrong all the time. And she at one point told me that I was a lot and or that I was exhausting and that really really hurt because I thought I was in a safe place to talk about all of these things that were overwhelming Mm -hmm. and then now every time I went to go hang out with her I didn't want to tell her anything because I was afraid that I was too exhausting and now there is that whole movement like on TikTok who's like if I'm too much go find less which is true but I also had to evaluate and say what am I doing that makes makes my friend feel like I'm exhausting? Because I don't want to empty their cup. I want to fill their cup. And so I told her, I was like, you said this to me 10 years ago and I've never forgotten it. And she sat down and she was like, I'm, I'm so sorry because that's not how I meant it. And then she explained to me the spoon theory. So when you wake up in the morning, you have five spoons. And throughout the day, you use your spoons for different tasks. And sometimes at the end of the day, You have no spoons left or you have extra spoons left. And she explained to me this spoon theory. And she said, sometimes when someone has so much going on and they want to rely on you for support and you just don't have the spoons left, it's hard to be a good friend back because I don't, I don't have the energy to give that you're requiring. Mm -hmm. And at the, at the point in time she had made the comment, these were not things that we had learned yet. So now if I have something to talk to her about, I can text her and say, do you have enough spoons to talk to me about something today? 
and she'll say yes or no. And then if she doesn't have, if she doesn't have the emotional energy to let me vent to her about something, she'll say like, can you call me tomorrow? Or I have a really busy week. Is this something that can wait until next week? And it's made our friendship so much better. And now every time I call her, I don't feel like I'm draining her. So that's something that we have to look at too is, is the friendship failing because they're not giving you what you need or is the friendship failing because you're taking too much? Mike, draw. <laughs> I think you are spot on about turning the lens on yourself in a friendship. It takes two to tango, right? Mm-hmm. I have come to understand in the last couple of years, a big piece of a healthy relationship is that you both take a little from each other as far as spoons go, and you both sometimes give spoons back Mm -hmm. when you can. The relationship, a one-sided relationship is someone who only takes and, you know, someone who only gives, or you both take, and it's not sustainable. It's not realistic. And I think it's important to have conversations about what kind of friendship that is. I think there was a term you used today about a mutual friend. There was a term you used today about someone stating the kind of friend that they were. A fair weather friend? Yes. And I actually have not heard that term before. My first thought was when the going gets tough, they're not the kind of person that will be there. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Go- again, going back to the expectations create suffering sort of thing. If you don't have a realistic understanding of the type of friend that somebody is, or you're not okay with that, you have to accept it or move on from the friendship because... If you have a fair weather sort of friend and the going gets tough, it you cause yourself a lot of suffering knowing, being able to see that they're not that type of person to rely on mm-hmm. and expecting to be able to, re- to rely on them anyways. I feel like that was a big struggle for me when I was younger. I think my biggest struggle, something that I'm really learning now is that, um, and this is almost embarrassing to talk about, but I... So I grew up, I have a lot of siblings. And so I'm used to a lot of people knowing my business. And one of the things that I've really struggled with in recent years is that when something happens or it's frustrating, I tell a lot of people. And it's not because like I want the attention or I want I want validation or I just need, like it's not, it's just that I'm just so used to getting so many voices that I feel like if I haven't quite heard enough, then I I still don't know like how to react. And so I'll tell I'll tell my bridesmaid and then I'll tell my best friend and then I, I might text you and then I'll text, you know, my guy friend to get a guy perspective on it. And then by the by the time the day is over, I've told 10 different people and have gotten 10 different perspectives. And the problem with that is that I thought that I was telling 10 trusted friends a thing about my life and then what's happening is that they're all going behind my back and going she's off her rocker or this is nuts or I can't believe she's putting herself through this and they're having conversations about it and then the opinions I'm getting are skewed so one of the mistakes that I made is I did that in my relationship I was getting frustrated with the person that I was dating and so I would go to all these people and be like what would you do in this situation And now I have all of these friends who think that I'm in this terrible relationship because I'm honest when things are going wrong, when in reality, I'm just trying to go, what can I do to fix this situation? But what's really happening is they're all going, she's in a shitty relationship and we all want her to break up with this person. And so my problem is, is that I have used my friends as a sounding board and 
that's not what their purpose in my life was. Mm. And I'm finding that out now. And so instead of, instead of this person being a fair weather friend, the friend I call when I want to go out to the bar and just let loose and not think about anything, I was using them as a sounding board and that was not their purpose. And so now the purpose has been skewed and then I find myself in other tr- trouble or I find myself in the midst of drama that would have never occurred had I known the definition of our friendship. So thank you for sharing that. That has plagued me. That has plagued me my entire life, especially when I was younger. I would do the exact same thing. There was nothing that I had going on in my life that was private. I had to share everything. And I asked, I've, especially in the last couple of years, really turned the lens back on myself and tried to figure out why. Because I realized that if I'm going to tell 10 people about something that I, you know, need advice on or just need to vent about... I'm taking 10 spoons for other people and I'm actually throwing them in the trash because most of those people, I don't feel better after talking to them. One thing I did realize is like, what need was I trying to fill by approaching so many different people? And it wasn't always people that I felt like were people that I can, I can trust and rely on for advice. I think I came to the conclusion that one, yes, I was looking for validation from my peers, but that wasn't the point. The point was I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to make mm-hmm. decisions. And I was trying to fulfill um, some sort of need by going to people and trying to connect with them on this level. That was right around the time that I decided I was going to go on a quest to be the best person that I could possibly be every single day, every week, every year of my life. I have been on this quest for six year, five or six years now. And oh, no, going on seven, actually. I realized through asking myself that question, because I felt like I was like weighing on other people. I connected with others through talking negatively about situations yes, or ranting. And it was such a prevalent problem in my life that I felt once I started noticing it, it was everywhere. How, how deep are your friendships? If all you can do is talk crap about the world around you, if that's all you can connect mm-hmm. on. And that blew my mind. So just when you said that just now, I, that really resonated with me. And I'm still working in that to this day. I'm like, I can keep this to myself because what need am I looking to fulfill by going to someone about their advice? If, if I wouldn't trade lives with them, why would I ask them for advice? Mm-hmm. And so my circle of people I would go to for feedback became very small because there's very few people that I would trade lives with. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was keeping things to myself. And when, I, when you ask yourself what the need is, it was connection. And I think that's something that I am going through now. I mean, I've kind of, I've been getting better at it over like the last year or so, mm-hmm. but this was something I was still doing a couple years ago. And it's nice to hear that I'm not the only one who would call up 10 of their quote unquote closest friends mm-hmm. to be like, this is what's happening. Can you help me? And I think you're right. I, it, it was a need for validation and it was, I don't trust myself to make these decisions. What are you doing? One thing that I have learned is that it's okay. It's still okay to reach out to someone though. Mm -hmm. And the difference is now, if I feel like I'm having a struggle in my relationship and I, I want to get some perspective on it, I'm going to call my friend who's been married for 10 years and she's going to tell me like it is. Mm-hmm. If I want to let go and let loose for a night, I have a friend that I can call and say, let's go to the bars. But I'm not going to give that friend any anything of substance. Mm-hmm. 
I have a friend who I can call and ask for advice in the gym, but I'm not going to call them and say, Hey, I'm having this struggle in my relationship. So you can, you can pick and choose what friends you call for what, but you don't have to call all 10 friends with the same problem. And so I was unknowingly making myself look like an idiot because I was calling all friend 10, all friend 10s. I was calling all 10 friends and then they were going back to each other and going, what the fuck is she doing? And now all of us know her business. And now all of us are going to pass judgments. And then subsequently you find out some of these people aren't really your friends that way. Wow. Again. Yeah. That really resonates with me. I had a similar experience telling many friends that knew each other the same thing. And I would find that they would talk about it and they would also be a lot looser with their lips in front of people that I wouldn't share that with. Yes. And so it got back to me through people I knew were my friend. And I started to realize it's not that I necessarily can't trust those people. And in the situation I have in mind, it, it was totally the case. But it was more of a me problem. It's like, okay, the more holes you punch in your cup, the more water you're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, and who knows where that water is going? Your spoons are going to fall out of your basket if you have a million holes in them. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's a really hard way to find out who your friends are, but it's a good way to find out who your friends are is... If you want to know whether or not you can trust someone with your information, give them a detail, one specific detail that you haven't shared with anybody else and just wait and find out how that detail gets back to you. I've tried that. My problem that I ran into was that I am the type of person to have so many different friends and so many different groups and so many different areas Mm -hmm. that if they share that with someone in their circle, it won't ever get back to me. Interesting. Yeah. I know a lot of people who run in the same circles. And this is a thing that I started doing. It sounds malicious, but it's not. What it's done is it's helped me decide who I tell what information to and how I can protect myself. And I don't mean it in a malicious way, but I told you I did do this recently. There was someone that I was like, I see a growing friendship here, but I, for some reason I am weary. So I planted a seed of information that was not untrue. It was a true thing. And it was less than three days later that someone else walked up to me with that information. And I knew. And I was like, okay, so you're a fair weather friend. You're someone that I I keep at arm's length. I don't trust you with my deepest, darkest secrets. Two days it took for you to give that information to someone else. Those type of people... I can't ever bring myself to even call a fair weather friend because if I label you as a friend, I, I, I think I had to redefine what friend meant to me. I've seen that a lot like in our conversations in the past like week or two where you'll confide in me certain things and I've asked, you know, why are you, or why this or why that or what about this person seems like a friend to you? I think that there's this disconnect disconnect happening where my definition of friend is different because I decided my mom has always said this thing to me about relationships like romantic relationships if you're not looking for anything serious then it should only be fun and when it stops being fun walk away yeah and I started to realize I started to apply that to friends where I was like if I surround myself with friends because I want to feel validated I want to feel safe I want to feel you know all the other things Every the reason why people have friends. If I want to feel all of those things in my friendships and I have a strict boundary that I won't be friends with anyone who doesn't make me feel that way, then you get the acquaintance label. There's no such thing as a fair weather friend. And there isn't anymore for me. I just, they phase out of my life. They're just gone. I don't have a fair weather friend. I have people that I'm very friendly with. 
I guess that's a good way to put it. And maybe it's just because I haven't quite reached that point yet. It's your own journey. I'm still trying to figure out who my friends are, <laughs> let alone the Fairweather friends. So I think you're right. At, at some point, they just become an acquaintance. And I, as someone who is both an overshare and anxious person and wants to be friendly with everyone, everyone is my friend until they're not. And that's not always the healthy way to go. I don't know. It is the optimist way to go. That's how I used to be too. And then I started, then I I went to the other extreme where I was like, no one is my friend until they've proven da 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 da. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that that's a really quick way to alienate myself Mm -hmm. and to come off as cold or judgmental or intimidating. All things that people have said to me multiple times. So then I started with this approach where everyone is neutral. You start at a zero with me. You can, I guess for the purpose of this metaphor, you can earn points mm-hmm. or you can lose points. This isn't really the way that I measure that, but I think it's a good way to kind of explain the way that I, I feel about it. It's like if you start at zero and everyone is just someone, they're not someone that I know, not someone that I'm friends with, they're not someone that I'm acquainted with, it's they're just someone. And if I hear you speak negatively about someone behind their back. Well, then you lose points. And and basically the more negative or the lower points you have, the farther that I hold you away from me. But none of those, none of it's ever malicious unless, you know, I feel like if I'm angry that someone did something to hurt me, that's different. Like people just not being my cup of tea is something I can accept and I can be friendly with those people. And if we're put in a work or school situation with them, that's fine. I can hang around someone who's at a negative five with me or a negative 10 with me and just be like, you know, like, I I have plenty of like small talk things to talk about and I'll always be friendly and I'll always have a smile on my face. You're just not my cup of tea. I would never hang out with you out of school or work or something like that. And then there's people, it's a zero where I'm just like, I don't have an opinion about you. And I always start that way. Mm-hmm. And, or you can, you can build up with me, you know, and you, you become closer. And I start to be your friends right away because I showed you my word crystals. <laughs> You gained like 10 points immediately. Immediately. But there's also something that I do. If you don't talk when you meet people and you just listen and make and look at people, oftentimes people either look back at you or they won't. In both of those ways, if you can get over the anxiousness that happens when you eye contact, there's so much to learn about someone as far as energy goes and first impressions go. It's like the things that they don't say, the way that they carry themselves, the way that they speak to other people, the the facial expressions when they're interacting with others Mm -hmm. immediately sets the tone for how I feel about them. If you pay attention, people will show you who they are. I don't know how I ever survived them because I always get told, everyone always, especially, especially at work, everyone tells me that they think I'm a bitch or that they think I'm intimidating or they think that I'm mean. You know, people at the store that we used to work at together started saying that now. (laughs) I have never felt that way about you, but multiple people have been like, I don't think Mandy likes, I don't think Amanda likes me or Amanda said this to me and and I'm like, like, do you remember I shared that with you with some seasonal people or newer employees that they had said that about you to me? And I was like, what? Just a bunch of associates have made, many associates have made. They have. Yes. So one is the, the one that you're, you're thinking of, I had heard from several people that she really thought that I did not like her. And there was, so I, I pulled her aside one night and I was like, hey girl, I just got to let you know, I just look like a bitch. <laughs> and I was like, I know that's like really hard to believe, but I was like, I wake up every morning for work and I leave my house by six and I work until three o'clock 
And then I get in my car and I drive for an hour. And then I get to a second job and I work from four to nine thirty. And then after I'm done, I drive a half hour and I go to the gym for an hour or two. And I was like, I'm getting home at like midnight and I started my day at like 5.30. And I was like, I'm, I promise I'm not a bitch and I don't dislike you. I'm just always fucking tired and I work in retail and I hate it. <laughs> it's like, even still, even I when, just, I'm grumpy. When? <laughs> I, I don't see it. I don't know. Maybe it's because people say the same thing about me. Obviously, you, you you know about all of my challenges in retail (laughs) but I feel like mine is a little more intense where people are personally offended by me rather than raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by Regina George (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't even go here yeah anyways we're we're getting off topic we are point where what is I don't remember what the point was what was it oh um being we were talking about being like everyone's starting out in a oh, neutral, neutral place but then we somehow got into something of people it's because disliking. it's because i never start out in a neutral place i i have found with my particular personality that you either really like me or you really hate me i very rarely get anything in between like very rarely it's because i'm a bipolar gemini or do you just not pay attention to the in-betweens there are people who feel neutral about you there are people that don't you know, like, and I'm not saying this personally towards you, but there are people that, that don't think about you, you know, throughout yeah. the day. It's like, they don't love you and they don't hate you. It's just, those are the people that stick out in our minds. Yeah. I bet you there are people that are just not on your radar. I have had to realize that too. It's like, there are a lot of people I feel neutrally towards. They're not on my radar. Yeah. I don't know, but you also are a bipolar Gemini, but I don't think that that's mirrored and how people feel about you. Hmm. I think it's just what you notice. Hey, yeah, I guess that's true. Right, who knows? I, I I just think it's statistically improbable. Okay. <laughs> so the real takeaway from this conversation is that we we develop these relationships and then we create expectations. And when we create expectations, we create the opportunity for failure. What we really have to do is if we want our friendships to be like tried and true, if we want them to last. Mm-hmm. We have to, one, be willing to look at ourselves and accept our flaws and make changes. Two, ask, are we taking from our friends or are we giving? If it's a good, healthy relationship, it's bold. Mm -hmm. You and I have said that whenever we hang out, even today, we started today off on a rough note. Yeah. But I still feel more full than when I started. I agree. And we've always said that when we hang out together... Our cup is more full. Mm-hmm. So we have to decide, like, are we taking, are we giving, are we doing both, a good amount of both? And then are we willing to adapt and change and accept those changes? And then one of the things that I'm really learning about friendships is that it's okay to... So, for example, I have a friendship that I, I've i been friends with this person for over a decade now. And I'm learning that I'm outgrowing this person and it's becoming a quantity over quality friendship. And I want to root for them and I want them to do well and I want them to succeed and I will continue to do so. But our our friendship is changing. And so I don't know that I would necessarily say I'm not their friend anymore, but I would definitely say the parameters of our relationship have changed. And another way to put that too is that's a friendship that you've stopped investing in. That doesn't mean that there's any ill will towards any certain person that you don't invest in. It just means that where you, the the cups that you feel have changed and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. And 
But I think also we think about these things as a finality. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that I see some growth in this person or they see growth in me. And in three, five, seven years, we are friends in a different capacity again. Like friendships, if they're good friendships, will continue to grow and change. And you have to be willing to adapt. So maybe that we're going through a season where we're just not as close as we used to be. And that's okay. And maybe there will be another season in the future where we are close again. And that's okay. But it doesn't have to be a f- it doesn't have to be so final. You can walk away with a neutrality and no expectations and you might be pleasantly surprised. Maybe, maybe not. One thing I've learned through personal experience, walking away with neutrality to begin with, I've come to realize that most friendships, the end of those are final for me and me personally. And that's okay. That is okay. I think it depends on your relationship with others at your core. I also think it depends on the people. I mean, If someone doesn't make you feel good, you don't want to, you know, walk away hoping this or hoping that. I think being open to the growth of yourself and the growth of other people and the path that life takes you down Mm -hmm. is key to letting go. I think understanding that what goes around comes around and if it's meant to be, it comes back to you. All those sayings, there is peaceful acceptance to be found there. But that's also, that goes back to that component, no expectations. Exactly. Don't don't expect it to never come back around, but don't expect it to come back around either. Mm -hmm. Just what will be, will be. And friendships, if done correctly, will do these things naturally. And sometimes it will be painful and sometimes it won't. Well said. On that note, thanks guys. We will see you next week. See you next week.